Hey, welcome to Lutheran Basics. My name is Pastor Jonathan Petzold. I serve as a senior pastor here at Trinity. I'm Krista. I'm Pastor Jonathan's wife. Uh, this is lesson four out of six in the Introduction to Lutheranism series that is part of the new member class here at Trinity. Um, the new member class also has an in-person component and you have a journal um, with notes pages. Um, so as we're going through, make sure that you take notes in there and write down any of your questions and bring them with you to the discussion time. Um, so this uh, lesson, number four, is about the second article of the Apostles' Creed. So we did the first article last time, which is about God the Father. Uh, and now we are going to do the second, which is about Jesus. Um, and what he does. The atonement. Yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, we're yeah. going to just dive right in and start by reading the second article in the explanation, which is found on page 17 of your catechism. And your journal, uh, we start on page 9. Yeah. All right. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. What does this mean? I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy, precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness. Just as he is risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity, this is most certainly true. All right, so uh, in this article, we're talking about uh, Jesus, uh, who is the God who entered creation. And so in your journal, you'll see on page nine, uh, uh, some fill in the blanks. And so that first blank is creation. So as the God who entered creation, Jesus is both fully God and fully man. So, so let's look at that for, for a hot second. Uh, why did Jesus become man for us? So Jesus had to become man so that he could do what Adam and what the rest of us have failed to do, which is to keep God's law perfectly um, and to pay the penalty for sin. So mm -hmm. he would not be able to be a substitute for humanity if he did not bear that humanity himself and his person. Mm, okay, yeah, yeah. So he kind of does what we can. So uh, and then why is it important that Jesus is God? Um, so it is because Jesus, the task of atoning for the sins of the whole world is a God-sized task, right? <laughs> like, um, there are, we, we as humans cannot fix something like that. You know, God created the world and be, through Adam all have sinned and we are just powerless to do anything about that. So if Jesus was not fully God, he would be in the same boat as the rest of us, right? Mm -hmm. Unable to do anything about it. So yeah. um, he's fully man so that in his death and resurrection, which he can only rise from the dead because he's God. Right. But in that resurrection, he then resurrects mankind, right? We will then be joined with him in his resurrection. Hmm. Yeah. No, that's cool. So so let's, let's uh, dive a little bit deeper in then to... Uh, his crucifixion and then his resurrection. But let's start with that crucifixion and, and kind of ask that question, uh, really, why was Jesus crucified? So uh, we're, we're going to kind of read a little bit at length here, 
uh, from John chapter 19 about the crucifixion of Jesus. Yeah. So grab your Bible so you can follow along because this is a longer passage. So mm -hmm. we're going to go to John 19 starting at verse 16. And, and while you listen to this and, and read along, think about how did Jesus die and why did he die in this way? So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. So they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on either side and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews said to Pilate, do not write the king of the Jews, but rather this man said, I am king of the Jews. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture which said, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things, but standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was, not fin was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Since it was the day of preparation, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it had borne witness. His testimony is true. And he knows that he is telling the truth, that you also may believe. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another scripture says, they will look on him whom they have pierced. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took away his body. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. Mm. So kind of some interesting things then about the, the death of Jesus, right? So we often talk about how Jesus is crucified. And crucifixion was the death of a common criminal. Um, and, and it was a death that was horrific. Um, and, and the idea of crucifixion 
uh, was that Rome wanted other people to behave and to stay in line uh, and, and to not cause trouble. And so crucifixion was this public spectacle where it was, it was horrifying to watch, it was horrifying to go through. Uh, and really, you know, of course, they, they drove nails through uh, your, your, your wrists uh, and then at your feet, and they, they hung you on the cross. And uh, it was uh, excruciating pain because you had to push up on those three nails um, every time you want to take a breath. And, and so it was, it was so uh, painful because, you know, of course, you're, you're hanging by your nails, but it was also exhausting so that you eventually died from exhaustion and you were too exhausted to take your next breath. And so you actually died from asphyxiation. Uh, however, that usually took a few days for you to die. And, and Jesus died within a matter of hours. So, so while it's accurate to say Jesus was crucified, uh, he actually died uh, in a way that he gave up his spirit. Um, so that he, he really, even though he was being executed by others, He's the one that actually gave up his life. Um, and I think that's actually important because if Jesus is God and his goal, uh, his, his mission is to um, bring an end to death for us, it's almost like he uh, chases death down and dies it himself uh, so that death exhausts its power on Jesus. Um, and of course, as Jesus is on the cross, he also is being sacrificed. So uh, just as in the... Old Testament, you have this whole sacrificial system where uh, sins were being placed on all these animals uh, and, and they were um, being uh, offered up as these sacrifices to atone for sin. Uh, Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. And he's the ultimate sacrifice because he is God. Um, and so all the sins of all the world, past, present, and future, um, can and are all put on Jesus. Uh, and he um, pays the penalty for those sins. Uh, and, and really on the cross... Um, Bible also says that he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And, and so he's actually forsaken by God in our place on the cross, uh, which, which really means that Jesus suffered hell, our hell, your hell, my hell, while he was on the cross in our place. Um, and so, so we often kind of talk about this as the atonement. Um, and so, so why did he die in this way? Uh, he dies in this way. Uh, being the one in charge, uh, he has authority over death and life, and so he dies for us uh, to bring an end to death for us. Um, and then, of course, I just kind of talked a little bit about what Jesus accomplished on the cross. But on the cross, Jesus paid the entire penalty for uh, our, our sin, uh, for the sins of the whole world. And that's why he can go up to anybody and tell them that Jesus died for them. Uh, they may not believe that, but but you can you can tell them that Jesus died for their sins. Um he appeased the wrath of God against us for um, breaking his world and destroying his world, right? Uh, and then and then in so doing, he he reconciles us to God. So we no longer have a, um, a broken relationship with God or this, this chasm uh, that we've created by, by our own sin. Um, and it's it's because of the cross that, that Jesus has destroyed sin's power to enslave us. So even though we're sinners, um, in Christ no longer is death the penalty of our sin. Well, it is, but, but Jesus has died that death for us, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's what Jesus does on the cross for us. Yeah, so sometimes you'll hear people describe the atonement um, badly. <laughs> and they'll, they'll <laughs> say other things like, 
um, that, you know, Jesus died on the cross to show us his love for us or so that, you know, as an example of like God's love. And that's not untrue because obviously Jesus' willingness to go to the cross for us does show his love mm -hmm. and is an act of love. Um, but it isn't, it isn't completely true. It's not enough information about the atonement. The so, um, and, and sometimes you'll, you'll hear like if people try to kind of describe the crucifixion in ways where they don't talk about Jesus atoning for sin, um, then that's, that's kind of, that should be a red flag. Yeah. So and well, I'm just kind yeah. of throwing that out there cause that's out there these days. Yeah, I think that often that comes from a denial of sin. Mm -hmm. Like we don't want to um, suggest that people do bad things and, and are, are sinners and, and uh, need forgiveness. Like like that's right. actually offensive. And so they'll they'll talk about the crucifixion only in a sense where it's just Jesus demonstrating his love for you. Mm -hmm. um, or they'll make it about like the way Jesus was received. Mm. They'll say like, you know, that Jesus was crucified because people didn't like his message or something. Yeah. Um, but we know that that's not true. I mean, certainly there were people who didn't like his message. Like, that's in the story yeah. in the Bible, but that's not why he was crucified. Um, it, the Bible says that if he had not been willing, they would not have been able right. to do that. And right. we saw that when they came to stone him earlier in the Gospels and Jesus just walked through the crowd and <laughs> walked away. So we know that, yeah. you know, Jesus is not killed because people just got mad at him for being too nice. Mm. We yeah. actually read a kid's book recently. This this happened in real life. So we read a kid's book that was like, people were angry because Jesus was spreading too much love and so they killed him. <laughs> and it's like, that is wrong. So, yeah, yeah. so don't, that's crazy. Yeah, that's yeah. bad atonement theory. Right, right. So so that, that, that that's kind of the cross side of things. Let, let's talk about the, the resurrection. Yeah, so we're going to go back to the Bible starting at um, John 20, yep. verse so, 1. So why did Jesus rise from the dead? Okay. Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter went out with the other disciple, and they were going toward the tomb. Both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen clothes lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloths lying there, and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had lain, one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabbani, which means teacher, Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, 
to my God and your God. Mm. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so why does Jesus rise from the dead? Um, th- this is kind of an extension of what he does on the cross. So just as he has authority to die um, uh, and, and authority over his own death, he also has authority over life. And so even while he's dead, he's still God, and, and he has that authority to rise from the dead. Um, and so he, he does that. Uh, he rises uh, from the dead, uh, and, and you get that question there. Uh, why did, what does Jesus repair by his resurrection? Um, and I think there's a couple things, uh, especially in Jesus' interaction with Mary, that you can kind of see. Uh, one is a little bit more subtle, right? Uh, but uh, I think that, that John, as he writes this account of the resurrection, when he um, has that little tidbit that like uh, Mary mistook Jesus for the gardener, uh, because Jesus' tomb was in the in the garden, um, she thought that maybe the gardener had just taken the body out of the tomb, and and of course that gardener was Jesus. But I think that's like a little wink from John to us to to say, look, Jesus is um, this brand new Adam. So to, that Adam and Eve, just as they um, were created in the image of God, and they were created to take care of the world, to have dominion, uh, and they were uh, there in the Garden of Eden. Jesus is coming to restore the world, uh, to make the world right, uh, mm-hmm. to have dominion over the world. Um, and, and so he, he comes and, and he really has that dominion and restores the world by his resurrection. So by rising, he brings the rest of the world with him, so to speak, through death into a brand new eternal life. Right. Um, but then the other uh, one is how he ends. Uh, and I mentioned this in the last lesson as well, but um, that that Jesus uh, tells Mary that, that he's returning to the Father, to, uh, to, to his Father and our Father, to, to his God and our God. And so by his resurrection, uh, he has restored that relationship with our Father. Um, so we've talked about this in the last lesson as well. When, when um, Jesus teaches us, teaches us to pray, deliver us from evil, um, this is what he's doing. He's delivering us from evil by restoring our relationship with our Creator, and our Father for eternity. So the next question on there is, what evidence is there for the resurrection of Jesus? So this is an important point because mm-hmm. the resurrection is a historical event, is the foundation of Christianity. So if Jesus didn't actually rise from the dead uh, in the flesh, <laughs> bodily yeah. resurrection, not a spiritual resurrection, but a real one, um, then there we don't have a religion. We don't. Right. There's nothing here. And he didn't just die and go to heaven. Right, so that he he came back in his body with the same body that had died was alive again. Um, And so when we look at the gospel accounts and and we see a lot of evidence for the resurrection, right? Um, So obviously we we aren't there. You know, this happened 2,000 years ago. But Mm -hmm. we see things like that 500 witnesses, uh, there were 500 people that saw the resurrected Jesus. Um, and many of these people were martyred. Um, they, they refused to take back that testimony and say that they made it up. Like they were willing to die for this truth claim that Jesus had risen from the dead and was therefore God. Mm. Um, so there's, you know, no body has ever been produced. Um, even though that would have been like Jesus had enemies who were motivated to discredit the resurrection right away. Um, and yet they could not do it. Right. Um, yes, the disciples would not have been able to steal the body. It's too difficult. 
um, you know, anyway, so, and then we even have, like, you know, secular sources that, not sec secular, like, sources from non-Christians, historic records that show, like, Christianity sweeping and filling up, like, the empire, like, going all over the world in a very short amount of time. Um, you know, so you have historians who were not Christian within the first century, like, or even last time, like, reporting mm -hmm. that Christians believed that Jesus had risen from the dead and worshipped him as a god. Yeah. Um, and so that's like an un unbiased testimony of what was happening. Right, right. And, and the reason why uh, the disciples wouldn't have been able to steal the body is because you had this Roman guard guarding the tomb of, mm -hmm. of Jesus. Uh, and, 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 the, and plus the big stone. And the big oh, stone that would have weighed like a ton. I mean, you uh, can more. look, like you can, if you're you can interested in this, you can look this all out. Like, yeah. you know, there's a very good you know, historical right. case for right. the resurrection. It's not, you know. Yeah, yeah. You can believe it by faith, but there's also very good evidence, you know, that, that this is a historical event. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. so, uh, so let's, let's uh, look at um, the third petition to the Lord's Prayer. Uh, and in this third petition, uh, we, we can ask that question, how does the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus... Um, Answer what we pray in the Lord's Prayer. So at page 20 in your small catechism. So the third petition is, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does this mean? The good and gracious will of God is done even without our prayer, but we pray in this petition that it may be done among us also. How is God's will done? God's will is done when he breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, which do not want us to hallow God's name or let his kingdom come. And when he strengthens and keeps us firm in his word and faith until we die. Hmm. This is his good and gracious will. Yeah, yeah. So how does the death and resurrection of Jesus uh, answer that? Um, so, so that... So it does, is it breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose of the devil, right? So that was God's will, and it has been done, and it will continue, hmm. right? Yeah, so, so being like stuck in our sins, uh, having death as our only future... Um, and, and, and suffering hell uh, for uh, eternity, uh, Jesus brings an end to all of that. Um, so we look forward to eternal life, and we look forward to uh, living with Jesus, and, and our sins are forgiven right now. So let's, let's end then with um, uh, this beautiful uh, hymn in, first, uh, in Colossians chapter 1, uh, looking at verses 15 through 23. Uh, it's, it's, uh, as we hear this, uh, we can ask ourselves, what is Jesus' role in the story of everything? Kind of going back to what we talked about as a religion uh, that explains everything. And so uh, we would say like, like the death and resurrection of Jesus is like the heart and soul of Christianity. Um, so, so what role does that play cosmically? So let's read about that. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, 
who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. Hmm. All right. So, uh, so what are you hearing that that describes Jesus? Kind of, kind of a whole lot, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, so, so he's he's the origin of everything, so that uh, everything was created through him. He's the point of everything, so it was created for him. Um, and, and, and you can almost say that he's like the glue of everything because it's, it's um, by, by him and his blood that he sheds on the cross that all, all of creation, all the cosmos, is reconciled to God the Father um, who created everything by, by his word, right? Um, and, and so you can kind of see like with, without Jesus, you, you lose all of that. You no longer have a point. Um, you know, you no, you no longer have a Lord, uh, over heaven and earth that, that Jesus is. Um, you, you no longer have the origin for all that. Um, you, you, you no longer are reconciled, uh, to God the Father. So, uh, anyway, uh, you, you can also uh, take a look at that. And if there's anything else you see in Colossians chapter one, that, that kind of sticks out to you, bring that up. But um, go ahead and check out that Dig Deeper section at the end um, of, of this lesson. And you can prepare your thoughts and questions for uh, the, the following, uh, for, for our time together um, in person. So what is atonement? How do you know your sins are atoned for? And what do you have to do to get that? Uh, and then why is Jesus's resurrection the most important event in history and what does it mean for us? And if you like, you can check out uh, the explanation of the small catechism, page 181, uh, question 169. Uh, and then finally, what does Jesus redeem by his resurrection? Thank you.